And now, live from the Denny's near Arizona Mills IMAX, this is Sequel Quest. This week we are doing a special weekend of release review of Doctor Strange. And we welcome you all to this sequel chat. We've got some special guests. Live at Denny's, Adam. Hey, 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 how you feeling? Strange. And our other special guest, Gasser. What's up? All right, guys. What one word or one small phrase would best describe Doctor Strange? It's called vertigo. Vertigo in a good way. Vertigo to the movies and see this thing. I don't want to give too much away about my review, but that's what I would say. Everyone needs a little strange. Yeah. Uh. You know, that happens throughout the movie. <laughs> um, I would say eyegasm. Okay. It is visually pleasing all the way through. Do you have water in my chocolate? Any boxes? Uh, yeah, Is there refills in that? Yeah. Do we need two boxes here? Yeah, two boxes. Oh, maybe three. No, yeah, two boxes. <laughs> <laughs> you need a box? No. Oh, can I get a small one? Yeah, a small one. Sorry. All right, it's gonna be our loosest episode for sure. Right, we're just going fast and easy with this. Yeah, <laughs> but but we yeah we I mean we just saw the film. We literally just walked out of the theater seeing this thing, and um, the the thing that I'll say about Doctor Strange is I feel like it was uh, it was touted for a long time as something that was kind of going to ex- go where no Marvel Studios film has gone before, and I think it really <laughs> delivered on that. Uh, I, I think we'll get into more detail on that um, as we get kind of work our way through the plot. But the one thing I want to say is it's kind of an interesting. Thank you much. So for me, like, there's for those who don't know, like, Doctor Strange is a character. He's been in the Marvel universe for quite a while. I mean, he, he's an established hero. Um, I personally have always felt that he was like the love child of Reed Richards and Tony Stark. If you go back to the 60s and look at their original designs, like Tony Stark was like a tall, slender guy with a little mustache, and he's just kind of dark, you know, and suave. And then you had Reed Richards, who was like the brainiac guy, but he had the white, you know, side hair thing. I don't even know what you call that. Right, right. I mean, it's just the the highlights. Yeah. The the. But, but if you mash the them hair together, highlights. you got the Doctor Strange design. You know, add a sash and some poofy sleeves, and there's Doctor Strange. Yeah. There, right? But I always feel like in the comics, he's never been a person that was... Like, his, he was never engaging as a character. Visually, there was a lot of artistry, the real psychedelic stuff. I mean, the whole 60s. Ditko Yeah, part. Steve Ditko was like, like blew people's minds and it gave you great, you know, stuff that you want as a blacklight poster, you know. But, but Doctor Strange himself, I don't think he ever... People didn't say, oh, I love him because of this. Like, try to describe Doctor Strange to me. Describe Stephen Strange to me from the comics. People were like, well, he knows magic. He knows the mystic arts. Okay, that's it. Um, and I think what this movie accomplished is actually made him a character. I think the parts and pieces were there to make him interesting, but this movie actually presented it in a way you said, okay, now care about him. Like, did you know anything, Gasser, about 
Doctor Strange at all before seeing this film? Had you heard of him? Did you? Oh yeah, I knew about him. I had seen a couple of the the cartoons that they had done about him, and I had read a couple comic books. So yeah, it was they they made him seem more like a nice guy in this one than the Doctor Strange I know is more of the the harsh, more of a harsh character. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean he's. He's often, I think, seen. I, well, I think, like you know, if you if you look at his characterizations, Doctor Strange is always the person that the Marvel Universe characters come to. Explain this for us, please, Doctor Strange. Or we don't kind of like a last on. ditch, last yeah. resort yeah. kind of thing. We have a mystery going on. Nobody knows what it is. A lot of times, I feel like he ends up saying. Well, even I cannot decipher what the, you know, yeah. the, the eye of Agamotto is not telling me or revealing to me what this is. Oh, this is a real threat. Even Doctor Strange can't figure it out. It's like, well, what can he figure out, you know? So, uh, but, but he's, I mean, like, Jeremy, I know you've read, you know, quite a few of the comics and some of his better work. I, I've really only read uh, the Illuminati stuff and the Oath, and both of them are excellent <coughs> comics. And also, the oath part of it plays out in the movie. Okay. Like his on the deathbed scene as she's trying to save him, that plays out in the oath. Ah, okay. And so, most most of that comic, he he lays on that hospital bed, while his astral projection ends up running around doing all sorts of things, trying to figure out how to save him. So, yeah, so they did bring some of the comics to life. And and I will say that in this film, if you are a fan, again, visually of Doctor Strange, there's visual cues, his Sanctum Sanctorum, his cape, his Eye of Agamotto medallion. Like, all of those things appear in this film. And if you are a comic book nerd or just a a general lover of, of of the character in pop culture, you'll be very satisfied just from that perspective. But now, one thing I will say... Uh, if you're not aware of this, you know, this is obviously an anticipated film. People are excited. But there was a Doctor Strange film before this in the 70s. Yeah. A TV movie. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's really goofy. It's on YouTube. You can go find it. You know, there's demon puppets. There's all sorts of strange stuff going on. Eh? Strange? strange? Yeah, no, yeah. But, uh, but this is... And, and before this movie came out, for the, the actor I always heard attached to the film... Of all Joaquin people, Phoenix. no, Paul Giamatti. Oh. Paul Giamatti. This, I'm, and I'm talking like like seven, eight years ago. They're saying, oh yeah, we're working on we're working on a Doctor Strange film. Paul Giamatti. Go look it up online. You'll find it. Like there were reports that he. I don't know what type of film they were planning to make with him. Yeah, I. He just doesn't. He doesn't have the look. He doesn't have anything. But you know, at the time, I think they were being a little bit more interpretive of comics rather yeah. as Marvel Studio takes it off the page. And gives it to you, you know. So, um, <laughs> Gasser's looking up Paul Giamatti right now. Not that guy. <laughs> Definitely not that guy. No, no, no. So, uh, but did, were you guys anticipating this film? Did it look from the trailers for you like something you wanted to see? Or what was your thought? Oh, yeah, going I definitely in? saw the trailers, but it wasn't, didn't turn out the way the trailers presented it. Okay. What did um, you think it was going to be? I thought it was going to be a lot more of a Marvel action opposed to a uh, uh, a trippy 
like LSD trip like, <laughs> experience of pretty colors and, or more of a it's more of a like an Inception type yeah. dream than a Marvel movie so they kind of combined Marvel and Inception and made Doctor Strange almost Doctor Strange love like really yeah. they they took Inception and went like three steps further. Yeah, yeah. It made like, Inception seem almost like Inception baby's play. and Interstellar, and then took it further. And a little and bit of Harry Potter splashed in there. Bit. Yeah, I mean, no. somebody's got to be trained and learn magic and the mystic arts and all those things. But yeah, that, that's what I think was so interesting is like the yeah, the, I mean the trailers. I almost think in a way they were just kind of like they they literally just showed you a couple visuals. You didn't really know the story 100%. I mean, you got it. Okay. Doctor loses the use of his hands. He goes to Tibet or wherever he's going. He's going to learn how to... Yeah. And uh, and he's going to learn the, these mystic arts. But um, as far as, uh, like, as the, the movie starts out and we're introduced to Benedict Cumberbatch... Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about his introduction as kind of pre, pre-Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange? He was very typical, arrogant... Doctor Strange, really. That's his key characteristic is he's arrogant and only wants the cases that will bring him notoriety and fame. But at the same time, he wasn't a jerk at it. Like he was. Well, I think he was he, arrogant. He, he was, was arrogant, but he wasn't a jerk. Like yeah. there was, there was, there's definitely a difference between being like the cocky jerk of it or just being arrogant. Like he still like cared, but right. he wasn't he stepped in to yeah. save the patient. He's like, I'm going to help. But I'm not gonna. It's not just all fame and glory for me. I mean, ultimately so, they it, tell him that is what it was about. But at the same time, it's like yes, he. They. I think they. They played that line perfectly, where he still ended up being likable. He yeah. still managed well, to be like. You're like, okay, this guy has some issues, but we don't hate him off the bat. Where he has to totally come full circle to be a hero. Right. I mean, that's that's the Tony Stark thing. Yeah. Like. Tony Stark came about because Stan Lee wanted to say, now what if I make this guy that is so incredibly unlikable and I want to make people like him? Yeah. That was the thing. And so Tony Stark was born. And they played that out on screen very well. Yeah, and what, 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 I, what I think works better in this film, though, again, if you go back and read like the introduction of Doctor Strange, the problem there is that you, again, you have the elements. You see, okay, he was sort of arrogant. He loses the use of his hands. Da, 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 da. All that is there. The premise makes sense. But I never felt the emotion when I go back. And again, it was the 60s. It was very early days of kind of the Marvel style of writing. But I just never related to him as a character or his struggle or his learning. It was just right. kind of like, this happened, this happened, this happened. Now he, he's the master of the mystic arts and he's Sorcerer Supreme. Okay, thank you. And then you kind of follow him after that. In this film, I feel like they did a great job of saying, okay, he has people around him that respect him. He has people around him that uh, have some caring for him. I think Rachel McAdams did a great job. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I think she's a great, likable... For the small part they gave her, yeah. she did very well. Yeah, I mean, she, it's all reactionary. All of her stuff is reaction, reaction to him being hurt, reaction to him being a jerk, reaction, you know, like to him showing his mystic powers to her. But it, she's so, like, she got a lot of laughs just on her elements and moments of being scared, right? She's a comic relief, almost. Yeah. 
she had great timing with uh, interacting with all of this stuff that's just out of this world, literally, interdimensional, and just she was there to be our surrogate as the audience, like stepping into this world. Yeah. Now, also, I mean, for those who don't know the story, hopefully you're going to go see the film. You've seen the film before you're listening here because you're going to spoil some things. But, but the you know, the one interesting moment is that he, uh, he Stephen Strange, uh, has some feelings for Rachel McAdams' character. He's inviting her to this dinner he has to go to. Uh, well, they've and, previously been together. Right. So... There's history there. Yeah. It's not, we aren't shown that history, but it's alluded to enough that we can follow along. We can see the ebbs and flows of he's so into himself and trying to fix his hands that he's completely ignoring her and calling her seeking for a charity case. Yeah. Essentially. Ultimately, in the end, yeah, after his accident. But the accident itself, the real interesting part there, there is that they, it was fun that they threw in a little, uh, you know, uh, Captain America Civil War reference for us with Rhodey getting paralyzed. So that was very cool to be able to mention, you know, that was a case he could have taken. He could, he could have given Rhodey back the use of his legs, but chose not to because there's, like Gasser was talking about, there was no glory of that for him in that particular case. Well, and he said there were 50 other doctors that could do the same. Yeah, nothing for me there, right? It's not groundbreaking. Now, the question I had, though, he mentioned that there was a girl with something in her head to prevent schizophrenia? That was the last one that was mentioned to him. Did you hear that? And she got hit by lightning. I, I, yeah, I always saw her part of it, and I... Yeah, like I have There's to rehear that because I. To it. Yeah, I was like, who is that setting up? I mean, is that like Captain Marvel way down the line? Like, who is this person that got struck by lightning? Well, it all like, it all kind of played a weird part because, yeah, his wreck was down a street. He had full control. It wasn't his car that had the problem. It was the car that he was passing, came into his lane. Are you sure? But, but he was looking at his phone. Right, That's he was looking at his phone, but he didn't jerk or oh, any motion. He didn't react. He, right he didn't react. Time. He okay. got hit. Okay. Which, that means the car came out of their lane into his lane, even though he was passing, uh-huh. after he, he right after he heard about this case. Yeah. About lightning. And then at the end of the movie, the special uh. character that saw is a lightning god. So there could be a lot more in play hmm. with all of that, but also... Wow. But also then um, the chosen one can see into the future and has seen his future. So did she see his future before he was Doctor Strange? But she said she saw possibilities. Possibilities. So if the car wreck wasn't forced, because that was one of the possibilities of him becoming... Uh, mystical giant, pretty yeah. much. With no, uh, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about. That would so, be interesting I mean, to see. There's Gaster's theory. See if it plays out in the in the sequel. Yeah. Now, the other the other character you just brought her up. I I went into this movie. Tilda Swinton is a an actress for me that always creeps me out. She is like she's just strange. Big ears. Yeah. Big ears. Well, the, and it's even worse in this movie because she's, she's, she's bald. <laughs> like she's got like, tiny head, big ears. For me it's more her eyes. She always has like dead eyes to me. 
and yeah. that she seems no soulless. Yeah, no expression. And, and so like that's why she always creeps me out. I think she was in she was in Chronicles of Narnia, right? Yep. The second one, the first one, which the one was she? Yeah, ice she was cream. the fro ice queen. Yeah. It's so, like she was creepy in that, but then I just I don't know. Like and I've seen her. There's that one where she played a guy and all this other stuff. I think she uh, anyway. But I just like. So I went into this thing. I don't know what it's going to be like, but the 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 ancient one character, this guru who is the one that she, that she had so much personality. She was so warm, and I found that to be such an interesting choice. It was very different than what I was expecting, like uh, the character to be. I thought she was going to be in it for a couple minutes. She would give him a few little maxims to live by. You know, she would. You know, just okay. Learn, learn this concept, and now you're done. Now you must learn on your own. But they really just made her someone who's like, you know, we have to protect against this dark force that has this realm that wants to invade and take over our our. It was universe. literally almost the exact same role as Morpheus in the first Matrix. That's pretty much the exact same thing. Well, and I have to tell you, when I in the trailer, the moment where because Stephen Strange, what he. He's tried all these medical uh, and other doctors to fix his hands. He can't get anybody to help him. They've tried every procedure. None of it works. He's tr got trembling hands. His nerves are damaged. So he, he gets word from this guy who was healed. He didn't believe it was possible. This guy had like uh, a terrible you know, vertebrae uh, issue. And he was somehow able to get back the use of his legs. Finds that guy. He gives him the guidance. I went to... I went to this mystic person, essentially. I went to a spiritual person that taught me how to heal. So Stephen Strange goes there. He's, uh, he's arrogant. He doesn't believe anything he's being shown. And to kind of humble him, the Ancient One smacks him in the chest and knocks out his astral form, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, but what I, what I found interesting about that is that he is... Uh, He's experiencing all of that. He comes. He comes back into himself, right? And then she kicks him out. So it's like it, it wasn't something where she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna humble you, and then you'll be my student." She's like, "No, no, I don't want you here." Like it was. Right. It, it it's was almost just, like she was trying to blow his mind yeah. to the extreme to go, "You can't handle this." But with him, the way it was is he realized the possibilities, and he's like, "This is what I need." Not, oh my gosh, this, it, went, it could have gone two ways, and it went the way that she didn't expect it to. Yeah. He wanted it to. You know, he was wanting the door of what the possibilities were open when she's like, oh, you're only looking through a keyhole, yeah. and you're trying to widen the keyhole, why don't you open the whole freaking door? He wanted the door open, he wanted all the possibilities, yeah. and because he was a doctor, world-renowned brain doctor, he had the brain capacity or capability of processing all this knowledge and when he went through the libraries he's like yeah I read all these books I have photographic memory I can retain knowledge and like even the studies the, the students there were like oh my gosh he's doing really good but he's already built his brain capacity more than the average human way more than even some of the smarter yeah. humans he's a brain surgeon and he's at the top in the world, and that's so what he has to overcome. Is because yeah. he already knows he can accomplish all these things, and that's what's in his way. She tells him, "You, ha you basically, you need to stop controlling things and just basically allow them, you know, 
to flow through you, the, you know, and work. Now, the one thing I'll say about Benedict Cumberbatch in this, he he has a lot of comedic moments. He's very much like like his cockiness that comes through a lot. He does a lot of joking, which if you're a Sherlock fan, it seems kind of weird to see yeah. him doing it this way. Not that Sherlock also, but he has awkward moments of humor in that. And in this, he's very much like, hey, I'm actually making a joke and I want somebody to react to it. And in this case, there's a the librarian Wong who is yes, not who reacting. In, in the comics was his manservant. Yeah. But I'm glad they took him and made him like a master sorcerer yeah. and keeper of the library and the mystic. Yeah, and we, and we should mention that the library itself plays a crucial role. In fact, the opening scene is the main villain coming in with his his cohorts, you know, his group that he's it's turned. Sense. Yeah, and and they they kill the library, the previous librarian, and steal pages from a sacred book that give some mysterious power to him. Essentially, the Inception power, as we see it, it is 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 the, at least we see he's mastered that, you know, to basically turn the world around into an M. C. Escher painting, you know, yeah. and just twist and turn and flip the ground up to the ceiling and, and all around in different dimensions, which, again, we saw this in IMAX 3D, uh, and it really played well. We were four rows from the front, so we were right in the middle of all of that. Yeah. Uh, but it really is visually, like, the 3D plays very well in the scenario. There's no, like, ghosting. It doesn't, like, jump around. Again, in IMAX, you might, a regular 3D showing, I'm not sure it's how that would It's literally go. like Inception and Avatar had a baby of here's and then you got you're watching it on acid without actually being on acid like that's the visual effect of this show yeah and it's just mind-blowing so for you guys like was there a character i guess that stood out to you the most that you said okay this is the one i attached myself to as the story was playing out is there someone that you just felt like oh, okay they they left an impact well the obvious one is strange yeah I mean, just, uh, and his, granted, Benjamin Cumberbatch normally has an accent. Yeah. What did you guys think of his, like, American accent? I thought it was great. It didn't slip at all. Like, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't seem take forced. me out of it. Yeah. Whereas some people, you, you hear them, <laughs> you're like, oh, come on, dude. Just be your normal accent. But no, this really solid there were some worried spots in the trailers like mm -hmm. I was like ah, I don't know if I'm gonna like this accent soon as he started talking I was in he just sold it yeah no I, I and was there one for you guys Doctor Strange for the simple fact that he's the only character that went from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie he was there at the beginning he was there at the end not one other character started the movie and finished it or any character that finished it got, came in later in the movie. Mm -hmm. Because, the not for too many spoilers, but anybody who started out from Ancient One to the, the Zealots to whatever, they didn't finish out the movie. Yeah. But, I mean, even his special love of his life, girl, he walked away from her before the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, nobody finished the whole movie but him. So, really, they made it to where the only person you could attach to and throughout the movie was Doctor Strange. So they really focused it around him without it being all about him. Yeah. You know, 
Well, it, it, they what, told other people's stories, too. You know, and I mentioned her before, but I think for me, like, it's totally expected, like, you know, Stephen Strange is the main character, and he did a great job without it feeling forced. His arc was very gradual, and it worked very well for him to say, okay, first I'm a jerk completely, now I've been humbled by this mind-expanding like vision of what the universe truly is and what dimensions of reality are then he moves on to the stage of okay now i'm i'm willing to learn and i will study and i will do all these things so that i can form my my mystic weapons and and uh now and then you know eventually what he gets to is okay you've you've got all this knowledge you can do these things but you're not able to do it for the right reason, essentially. You'll always do these things to save yourself, but you won't do these things to, to just for the good of humanity and go out of your way to defend the world. And that's what I was gonna, like, for me, like the Ancient One, she really, di- she directed, like, I felt like she almost had a, as much of an arc as, as Doctor Strange did throughout, which I liked, just for the fact that she, she was there with him making these decisions, but she, like I said at the beginning, didn't want him to be there. She had to be convinced by Master Mordo uh, to to do that. And then when she did, she still had to kind of give give Strange a chance a few times. And then it's revealed that she herself has been breaking some of the rules that she sets for everybody else. And then that's another thing we're like, oh, okay, so she's got levels to her. She's got dimensions. She had to make hard choices. So I really like that she had a lot going on. Even at the end when she is, uh, she's dying and she says, you know, look at me. Like, I'm not prepared to die. And I, I'm freezing this moment in time so I can enjoy it for as long as I can before I go. Like, so she really stood out to me. But um, as far as memorable scenes... That's something else that I think uh, we should discuss. Like, is there one I'm scared or of two hands. moments? Oh, I'm yeah. Completely let's talk scared about of hands. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hands, hands, and more hands. There's a scene where he's tripping out when he's being showed the, shown the, the pretty much the inception world. The different right? dimensions. In different dimensions. And there's one of this giant hand that comes up. And as, as the hand's growing, there's a hand that comes off of each fingertip and then all of a sudden it like it it's almost like you're zooming in it just keeps going and going and going well it zooms into hands coming off of each one of those fingertips and hands coming off of each one of those fingertips it's just this hand of perpetual hands and it like encompasses the whole imax screen so it looks like it's engulfing (laughs) you it's just it's just really disturbing and everyone has this like weird feeling about hands afterwards yeah it's gonna haunt you forever yeah i'm gonna have a bad dream tonight about it (laughs) at least for the next week the uh the astral projection battle between him between dr strange and one of the zealots Mm -hmm. that was funny and also it had some of the best action in the movie just going at it and figuring out oh i can get rid of him by doing this yeah and just piece by piece he's piecing this all together as he's laying there dying on the table yeah well what I find because like that the, the Gasser kind of alluded to it earlier too you're saying that was one of the best action scenes I, I really thought this movie was just going to be a lot of fighting, right? That's, that's kind of how it was presented. Okay, fight, fight, fight. And there are battles, and there are fights, but in the end, 
it's really a it's a thinking man's game. It, it really it's not who had the the strongest magic. It's not who had the best you know mastery of these spells or whatever. It comes down to okay, how do you figure out how to outsmart the main bad guy? And that's what for me was like the most memorable moment was the climax was the. The, the victory moment for Strange is that he goes to the Dark Dimension, and just to wrap up the end of the film, there's... Big spoiler Yeah, here. big spoiler here, so make yeah. sure you've seen it. But the you have the the main uh, villain who you think is, you know, okay, he's he says that he's working for this god, essentially, who's called Dormammu, who in the comics is a guy with a big flame head and a big pointy collar and a purple outfit like Dorama right. like just looks like okay he's a guy who's on fire that you know and um, but anyway so this uh, what, what's the guy's name again do you remember Kaecilius yeah Kaecilius so he's now a, uh, he's going around destroying all the sanctum sanctorums there's one in New York there's one in London one in China he's destroyed London he's uh, attacked New York twice and now he's trying to destroy the one in Hong Kong and He's basically destroyed the world, right? Like, it, the, the world is coming apart and opening to this dark realm. And you can see Dormammu's uh, the new universe out there engulfing it. And after, they have this really cool scene where, like, basically, uh, Doctor Strange has learned using the Eye of Agamotto. So for those, Which is the time stone. Yeah. Or contains the time stone. Yeah, for, for the Infinity Gems, yes. right? Which will play into... An upcoming film, but he's turning back time. He figures all that out to reverse it. Like they're fighting forward while everything is fixing itself by reversing in time, yeah. which is a really cool concept. But what I loved is that's like he almost saves the day. Then things get frozen by Caecilius so, because the spell is broken. Yeah, he breaks the spell because Doctor Strange gets knocked out or whatever. Uh, but the he figures out how to stop everything. How to because either way, Dormammu is going to keep fighting people, right? He's going to keep. Right trying to get our realm and he, he goes out to the planet into the you know or, or into this other dimension and he basically tells him look like I, I'm here to bargain with you and uh, he, he traps him in a time loop and essentially just groundhog days Dormammu yeah. into just being strong armed and saying okay fine yeah. let me go what? yeah like and he, he kills Strange over and over again in all these different ways but the thing is it's not about it's uh, it's partly his endurance because he says I'll, I'll hurt you over and over again I'll kill you you'll never win and Strange says yes but you know pain and I are old friends blah 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 but really what it is is he remembers that time does not exist in Dormammu's dimension. They keep talking about that. There's no time there. It's eternity. It's eternal life. All those things. So he figures out he doesn't understand what time is. So if I come in with this time spell that keeps looping over and over again, you know, like he will get frustrated, like Jeremy said, which is ultimately what happens. And he says, make it stop. Make it stop. Because he can't comprehend what time is and how it can happen over and over again. And so that's how he outsmarts him. And to me, that was the most exciting, like, Marvel movie conclusion. Because it wasn't, like, just a big explosion or giant robot that gets destroyed or whatever. Or a portal gets sealed or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, technically, it was a portal <laughs> that's that got true. sealed. Right, right. <laughs> it's almost like they took the, the whole Green Lantern concept of your, your, your weakest part is your imagination. Uh, that's your limit, uh-huh. is what your imagination can do. And they, 
the whole time the ancient one is telling Doctor Strange that what you think does isn't right. You gotta think pretty much outside the the, the circle, you know, like you right. gotta yeah. think outside Forget the box, you know? you know. Forget everything you know. So but then he finds out from reading these one of the, the books, the, yeah, the, the ancient the, texts, the ancient yeah. text books that <laughs> only the the ancient one can read. Um, that there's all these spells, and he's learning these spells. Well, first, as he progresses, he's not doing what all the other students are doing was mastering one one step and then moving on to the next step. He was getting a tidbit of every step just to get him to the next one. He's like, well, I figured out all those. I can start <laughs> mastering those as we go right. and throughout the movie he'd get better at the steps that he'd done before but he didn't dwell on it he moved on to the next one yeah. so he already grew faster so there was that part and then as he's reading the ancient text and he, he tried the time turner the first time everyone's like oh no there's there's the, the side effects yeah oh here's all the bad things that could happen right right well he heard all the bad things from they were called bad things, right? Yeah. From the librarian and his buddy. But at the same time, uh, well, it, he it, ended it, up using those, yeah. those you know, bad side effects as good things because he didn't let the rules tie him down. Right. And that, go back to what you said. Like, you know, she told him, they got, you know, you have to forget everything, you know, all of that. And at a certain point, they're having a fight, and Mordo is kind of like the second in command to the ancient one, yeah. and he's like the the warrior. This is the only way I believe in this cause. I have to fight. Well, and he's like blind obedience. Yeah, and he's right. like, but but we just have to fight. We just fight them with our spells. And at a certain point, Strange is like, no, we don't have to kill them. We don't have to fight them all the time. He said, you're not. You you lack imagination. Yeah, so right. there's a fight in the Sanctum Sanctorum where he starts using his imagination. Again, he jumps the gun. He yeah. learned this one thing. Oh, I can put you in the glass dimension. Yeah. And then it doesn't affect the world outside, so I'm protecting the world. But then Mordo says, no, no, no. That makes, that makes you know, the, the bad guy more stronger, powerful. Yeah. I mean, he so. was using the little things he knew yeah. to the, like their fullest as much as he could. So glass dimension, bam. Almost <laughs> said, oh, crap, how did this happen all of a sudden? But at the end, you know, he goes, well, I can't use the time turner because we're going to get stuck in a moment. Yeah. yeah well, that's when room. all the time yeah. stopped. Right. And the spell was broken. They got stuck in a moment. But he knew how to get out of them. Every time he went into a situation where it was a, a bad side effect of the time turner, it wasn't like it wasn't a bad side effect because they're like, oh, you get stuck in this point, or this could happen to you, yeah. and that's the end. Yeah. Well, he realized that wasn't the end ever. So he's like, well, if I got into it, I can get out of it, and he got in, out of it just as easy as he got into it. So he perfectly understood the time turner. He might not have known the full capabilities of it, but yeah. he saw everything that he knew about it. He understood everything about it, or yeah. at least was able to use everything about it. Yeah, now did you guys have a, a, a funniest moment? Like something you thought was just like got a good chuckle out of you? I mean, I, I, mean, I will, I will, oh, did you have one? No, I was just gonna say that was actually one of the downsides of the trailers. Because uh -huh. they put too many punchlines into the trailer yeah. from the movie that it was like four or five different punchlines that would have been great work up to yeah. good jokes in the movie. But it was ruined because they were all in the trailer. So now, I was it like, was ruined, eh. It was ruined for you. <laughs> but, like, the Wi-Fi joke. Yeah. yeah. He's like, is this my mantra? 
No, it's the Wi-Fi. We're not that was sabotaging. in the trailer. It was in the trailer. Yeah. Yet the theater still went nuts over it. Right. You, you laughed at it, Gasser. No, I, I was like, eh. I was like, that was, you know, I was laughing at the work up too because I yeah. knew what the punchline was. I wanted to know how they worked up to it. Yeah. Which they definitely did that, but it, but it was pretty much the whole scene I was in like, the trailer. Eh, yeah. Well, that just pretty much killed it. And, and I, and I honestly, I did not, I didn't appreciate that joke. That's the one I felt was too far. Forced. Like, almost. like in the trailer, I thought it, and I thought, okay, maybe it'll make more sense in the movie. And I was like, no, it, that one was too far. Like, wink, wink. Hey, this is a funny joke, everybody. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the movie, I felt like was more reactions or just little nudge nudge that and like I didn't like and I think it's just Guardians of the Galaxy has claimed it so I don't like it when they do it but like there's a scene where Doctor Strange is doing brain surgery and he's listening to this like uh, R&B music and he's and he, you know so he's he, and I just to me like I just I don't like this pop music being in all these movies and being in, I don't know it, yeah. it, it takes me out of it a little too much but I mean, I, I, I know what they were trying to say. Okay, he's so cocky. He knows he can do it. He's got to have his music. He's so good, and he doesn't need to focus and all those things. But, um, but I was, I was gonna say, like, as, as far as things, the comedy that did work for me, I loved when he got his cape of levitation. Like, like where he's he's in a battle. This this cape is in a case. That's you know, so you know it's gonna come into play later. The case gets broken and. The, the cape is saving him from this attacking zealot, you know? And then it's like, and eventually it's like beating up the zealot, you know, like bashing his head on the ground over and over again while Strange, who's just gotten stabbed, creates a portal to go through, you know, and save himself. And then at a certain point, Strange has tried to grab an axe to fight with, and the cape keeps dragging it back to another side of the wall. And he's like, Ugh, Better weapon. Uh, yeah, you know, so and I, I just thought I loved, like, the sentient cape. It reminded me of the magic carpet from Aladdin. Yeah, yes, totally. Yes, very much totally. so. Yeah, totally. but, but, I, but I thought it works very well. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun in the future yeah. films. It had its own attitude. Yeah. And then when he, Doctor Strange at one point, he, he, he's pretty much looking in the mirror wanting to look good in the cape and the collars turn down well he pops it like Fonzie yeah. straight up Fonzie well then the cape literally was just like the magic carpet and starts like poking him in the wait, face wait it was wiping tears yeah, was oh is that what it was he just had an emotional moment yeah was... he's wiping tears off his face yeah. he's like oh what the freak are you doing stop it you know and that's, uh, I love that that kind of like little pet you know having a pet that's trying to tell you something I thought that was pretty funny but there again there was times where the cape was like blocking every hit then all of a sudden the cape just stopped yeah like in the climax the cape is not alive it does nothing that that was weird it it was watching his back when he wasn't watching his back yeah right so when he was watching a punch come it didn't save him no he should have done something about it yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. So right. th- there were a few things like that. Speaking of which, oh, so God. so there were a few moments in this film that didn't work. I would say overall, very fun, very yeah, enjoyable. Very Not too many things that distracted you or made you think, oh, logically this doesn't make sense. I'm sure in a few more watchings we'll find them. Well, I'm sure the stitches would be horrible. Yeah. So oh, that the stitches was were horrible. Comment. So there's a time where Doctor Strange gets cut, and he goes into the uh, um, the the hospital. Oh, yeah. He She's finds so Dr. Annoying. Palmer. Dr. Palmer is an ER nurse. ER, doc- ER doctor, right? Yeah. ER doctor. And he's getting stitched up after this uh, 
What what battle is that? The uh, in the in the Sanctum Sanctorum in New York, he gets stabbed basically in the chest. Right, but part. I meant the 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 two spirits the fight. Astral. Oh, the, the astral. astral projection fight. So, anyways, it's all over and done with, and she's sitting there stitching up his body um, after his spirit goes <laughs> back into his body and everything, and she's stitching it up like a five year old ties his shoes. <laughs> like I like. But she's an ER doctor. I was like, there's this very, very mechanical motion to tying stitches, and they're very, very fast, very quick uh, with their needlework. And she's not even using, like, instruments. She's literally, it looks like she's using a sewing needle. Yeah. Uh, like a leather, like a, an upholstery needle. <laughs> and because it's a giant needle, ain't no, it ain't no uh, uh, suture needle. And freaking... She's using thread that's like, I don't know what, like shoelaces, which is huge. And she's doing overhand knots, which is like, like she's like, oh, let's tie a square knot now. Or it's just absolutely horrible. I was like, oh, wow, they really screwed that one up. She, she needed her medical reference library there as a refresher yeah. on how to do stitches. Now, in that vein, too, for me, there's the moment when the Ancient One has also been attacked by... I keep forgetting his name. Say it again. Caecilius. Basically, like, kills her to the point where he drops her through from the top of a building. And she splatters. Yeah, she splatters on the ground, but they still think they can save her. So Strange rushes her to the, the hospital, and he is in his scrubs. He's getting ready to do the surgery. He's got, like, he's ready to go. And then he, he realizes his hands are trembling and he passes it off to a doctor that he showed up right, earlier in the film. It's a character moment for him to understand, I can't do this. Yes. You're but have to. he is no longer a practicing surgeon. He does not he does not work for that hospital anymore. He does not have the right to be performing surgery yeah. at all. And he was there like everybody was just gonna let it happen. And I was just like, I that that He's just sounds procedurally. Right. Yeah, but I mean like legally, but I mean again, it's his right. friend, I'm right. sure all those things. But I was just like, it's He's not allowed to be here. He was dead on arrival yeah. unless he did something anyway. I'll see there was a big gap there. A big gap. So she comes in, they're gonna do this surgery. He's like, I know I can fix I can fix this. As the doctor, even if he's there just as um, someone to give advice during the surgery, yeah. he could coax someone through this surgery perfectly fine. He has 100% confidence. Every situation he's heard about or every uh, case he hears about throughout the movie is literally split second decision, I can save this person, I can't. He brings her in, they do the x-ray, whatever. He knows he can save her. And right as he's about to do that, Ancient One kicks him out of his own body and they go have this spiritual thought when it's like, you know what? He could have saved you, but because you wanted to have this last moment, you pulled the one person that could have saved you away from your body. Now, granted, she says multiple times, I've seen into the future, but can't but, see past this point. But can't see past this moment right here. We're getting audio interference from the dark dimension. Dormammu <laughs> does not want us to discuss this. Dormammu does not approve. So, <laughs> right, couldn't see past that moment. But if he could have saved her, right? What if she didn't want to be saved? She had spent enough time yeah. over the years. She's like, you know what? 
I don't want to see past this moment. I just wanted to end here. That's why I'm taking the one person that could save me out of this room because I don't want my fate changed. Yeah, I don't, but I, I don't yeah, want, that's like, what I'm almost literally, certain. Yeah. I'm making it a guarantee that it doesn't keep she going past made this point. A yeah, yeah, she made yeah, a choice. Yeah, well, and she said that. She said, I've seen the future and it always ends here for me. Like, she can never see past this point, so yeah. she knows that's when well, she's supposed she to go. she can never see past it, but she doesn't know what's past it. Yeah. So she couldn't tell you well, if she was in the future, but she's never died, so she is like, I can't see past it because I'm dead, or I can't see past it because there's something else going on. Yeah. Like, there's no it's, way to tell what the reason is she can't see past it. Yeah. She can't see into her future past that point. Yeah. But she's seen right. into the future of Strange yeah. and seen the possibilities. Yeah. Whereas yeah. her possibilities end at that moment. Yeah. So I, her, her yeah, longevity I, in life, she's scoured the universes, <laughs> plural, <laughs> in search for him. And once he was ready to take over as Sorcerer Supreme, that's when she says, enough is yeah. enough. Yeah. She was looking for an end. Like, she was looking for someone to take her spot, for the, pretty much, for the most part. Right. It was like, okay, I don't want it to go on any longer. Like, she, and, and she explained that when he came into the cult... <laughs> Which they make a reference to that. Yeah, I'd go to a um, cult meeting. Yeah, going to a cult meeting. Um, when he first came in, she's like, "Are you ready to leave your life behind you?" And then the very last speech was, "Are you ready to leave your life behind you and do something better?" You know. Right. So you're leaving your life behind you. I think she missed that. Like she had gone gone all these years without her life, and she's just like, "I'm done." Yeah. So I'm like, well, oh, she, she had another great teaching moment. Again, I, she was my favorite character in this, amazingly. She was really good. Uh, but I loved the moment where Strange is having a hard time activating any of his spells that he's learning. He's going through all these training exercises, oh, yeah. but he keeps thinking it's his hands. His hands are trembling, so he can't do spells. And she tries something that's not what it's about at all. And what she does is she... They ha they've created one of the coolest things that if... When I was a kid, if I had seen this, I would, I would want to have... These sling rings, they're called, right? Oh, yeah. The sling rings are like brass knuckles, basically. Mystical brass knuckles. Two-finger brass knuckles. Two-finger yeah. brass knuckles. That, or a bling ring, you know? Like, yeah. maybe that's the yeah. alternate <laughs> name for it, you know? But, like, that the, the, you use to open up these circular portals and walk through. You just have to visualize in great detail what you want to see, and you can walk through. I would have been doing that every day on the playground, by the way. It just would have been awesome. But, but so she takes him to Ev Mount Everest, takes him through there, says... You know, human body's supposed to die in, you know, in, two, in, th in 30 minutes, you'll probably die in two. And then she leaves him there and seals it, so he has to open the portal to save himself, which I thought was a great training exercise. Oh, and, totally. and there's some great tension there. You keep waiting. and it does, like She's nervous that he ain't going to make it. Yeah. Right, but, because she's seen the possibility. She's like, yeah. which strange do I have? Yeah, yeah. right. So, but I thought so. I thought that was really cool. Now, I just want to mention one more thing that did not work for me, um, because uh, I don't know. Like, in I, I, I tried to say spoiler free for this film. I don't know how much you. I'm sure Jeremy, never spoiler free. No. He sees it all, knows all, sees all with the eye of Agamotto. But, um, but no. But what I thought, uh, what, I saw some pictures of them shooting in New York in full costume running on city streets. And in this film, every time they are in New York in their costumes, which happens quite a bit, 
it looks terrible. In broad daylight in those outfits, it looks stupid. But when they're like in Hong Kong in the dark, it works great. But I just thought like, for me, it always takes yeah. me out. St Doctor Strange is running down the street in his outfit. Like I'm gonna run to skip the And nobody like turns their head. Yeah, nobody. Like, everyone's just like, oh, it's, it's literally like the extras on the street are just extras on the street. Yeah. They're not interacting with anything. So I thought that was really stupid. Okay. Yeah. Just... But at the same time, in when they're first running around New York, they are in the mirror dimension. Yeah, which that's true. Means people can't see into it, and what they do inside does not affect the outside right. world. But with yeah. that, it's we don't know about the mirror dimension at that point. Yeah, and I... And I, I they, yeah. they mentioned they, those they rules. Kind of, yeah. okay. Well, they, it also didn't look like the mirror dimension. Yeah. They, like, in the mirror dimension, it looks like there's literally mirrors all the way around you. Right. During that fight, there wasn't any of that. There's there too much. I think there was just too much else going on that we didn't see it. But I'm just saying, whether or not it makes sense for how people reacted or whatever, it just looked bad yeah. visually. They looked out of place, but not in a cool way. It looked like looked like they escaped from a, a some type of Shakespeare production and were just running around. It almost looks like they were running around in an Assassin's Creed outfit. <laughs> yeah. Almost running down the middle, like. Literally, Assassin's Creed outfit looks cool in the time era that yeah. they're for. In the right lighting. In the right lighting, this yeah, and that. It's so you know? like, but the yeah. second you put them in downtown New York City, like you're like, what the freak kind of costume fetish party did they come from? <laughs> well, it, that's what I'm saying. They're like a little early for Halloween. Every or a little late, yeah. depending on your time. <laughs> yeah. but, but when they were in like the East. You know, where there 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 are these because to me they might it might as well have been like uh, and when they're in Kathmandu and all that like uh, another uh, planet because it's so strange like literally again strange right. but but it's so foreign to it's me that it seemed otherworldly and like if they were in their outfits there it made sense yeah. but anywhere else I was just like eh not so much those are also outfits that are more common in those areas the yeah. hoods the kind of exactly. cloak type outfits yeah. the, the draping clothes America that's not a thing that is even it's common not, not even not our culture anymore so but they're also looking at a, a temple or a cult from from ancient times coming through the ages and it's in a foreign country where it's at so they're going to dress as the foreign country dresses yeah you know so, so I mean, is there? I mean, a, as you walk away from the film, is there any? Did we lose it? No, oh, we're good. Going. Okay. Is there any one moment that you're that you think you're just gonna walk away and say, okay, this like when I think of Doctor Strange now, I go back to this. Like, oh, uh, I'm gonna have to see this two or three more times before I can make that decision. Okay. Just so much visually is going on. There are just, even the final scene before we fade to the credits of Doctor Strange standing before the window in his Sanctum Sanctorum yeah. is just cinematically beautiful. Yeah. And you're like, that sticks with me. But at the same time, there are all sorts of little moments and trinkets and treasures and Easter eggs everywhere in it just laid out. So it's like... Ooh, this is good. That's good. That's great. I'm like, uh, can't pick a favorite right now. Okay. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, there were so many awesome visuals in there, but 
I don't know. I, I, I still feel like ultimately for me, anytime, and there's a lot of it in here, but it still, it just got me excited every time. But those sling rings are just so cool. And those portals just everywhere, just like appearing. And it seems like it's like so overused. You would think like, oh, it's not interesting now. But I, I just, I think it's cool no matter what, um, who was using it or in what scenario it, it, it was used very well. I think well. the cool part that I would have to say is his fighting when it was so basic and what his weapon was was literally all it was was pretty much a, a beam between his hands and he used it as a shield okay and then as his fighting progressed it just became better and I'm an old you know Dracula fan so uh, Castlevania Simon's Quest he always has a whip and yeah. he literally turns his little bar of a shield into a flaming whip and he uses this thing against his you know these zealots and he just kicks ass <laughs> freaking awesome so i mean like this is really cool that nobody i don't think i don't think off the top of my head that there's any other fighter out there in the character in the in the in the movies uh -huh. that ends up using a whip as a chosen weapon for you know like a marvel style like there is an actual but he's like using a mystical flaming whip <laughs> and it's kind of weird you, the only you know what it brought me back to thinking of is well marvel's agents of shield has been using robbie reyes ghost rider right this season right well there's that and he's got he's his flaming chain yeah which that kind of had me thinking the same thing that there was also Hellfire from last season, and it's just it was similar, but yeah. he had his own flair to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, overall, just a real visual spectacle. Obviously, I think that's what everybody went in expecting, but I think it really delivers on the characters and the story is fun as well. And we now, uh, now even laying the groundwork for the villain of the future sequel. Mm -hmm. Like, they lay out his character arc really well. Yeah, because everybody who knows Doctor Strange, Baron Mordo right. is like kind of his arch nemesis who appears all the time, and that's Mordo at the end of it is disillusioned and breaks away from whatever their organization is. It's really never, it totally, it's just a group of sorcerers who want to protect the universe, essentially. Right. Yeah. They're going to protect our realm, and that's that's what they're going to do. Um, and let's just say this. If you watch Marvel, stay to the end yes. of the credits. Every like time. the end yeah. end of the credits. Because everybody just stayed till the mid-credits scene and started leaving. And we're like, what are you doing? They took off after Thor showed up. Yeah. And just, yeah. wait, you guys don't... Come which, which I mean, really did. A, I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about Thor Ragnarok right now except for that the Hulk is in it, which is really cool, like the, the Planet Hulk style Hulk, oh, yeah. and I'm excited to see that. But now they tell us in this mid credit scene that Thor is looking for Odin, and he and Loki are both on Earth again. Like, so now we know a little bit more of the premise behind that movie, but he, he kind of looked goofy in that hoodie, though. Seeing Thor in the hoodie with the never-ending beard that Doctor Strange keeps refilling for him, which I don't, I don't know, like, and maybe it's just because I've just 
seen Ghostbusters, so I'm kind of like Chris. I can't take Chris Hemsworth seriously yeah, I now. Seen any of those funny ones. Uh, but I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Like that one didn't work, but then at the end it gets serious because Mordo basically he goes to the guy who had been healed and found the way to heal himself through the magic and the one who directed Strange to go find the Ancient One and steals the magic out of him so now he's crippled again and yeah. says the problem, I figured out the problem of the world and that there's too many sorcerers so now you know he's going to be out there trying to, uh, to steal everybody's to powers pull yeah. a Darth Vader and get rid of all the Jedi yeah yeah so, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope everybody's going to see this, because this is like a fact, new bar. Fun yeah. fact, the person who played Dormammu was Benedict Cumberbatch. Ah, uh, so he, he was doing a smog from... Yeah, he, he, did the, doing... he did the motion capture, he didn't do the voice. Oh, There's really? An un, uncredited British actor who did the voice for him. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the one thing that we did see also in the credits was that there was a magic coordinator listed, and uh, Jeremy said he found out the, the yeah, origin I, of this I guy. I saw an article today that apparently they, they were looking on, on the internet trying to find ways of how to coordinate their hands and make it look like they were actually doing magic, and they found somebody on YouTube that did that and had good motions with their hands and that's who they reached out and had them come in and kind of studied off of yeah so horrible horrible you don't like the head work I, I, I think that was one thing that they were lacking in the movie well, is the magic the actual magic what you saw is because one they didn't try to come up with anything new when it came to the symbols because all they were were pentagrams a bunch of freaking pentagrams and you're like oh or glorified pentagrams, and I was like, squares. yeah, I was like, these are, these, this isn't anything new, and it was li literally the same symbol over and over again, just different parts of it, or in a different, different sections of it, but that's all the magic symbols were, and I was like, oh, that's kind of rough, and then if, if you've ever been to, let's say, a renaissance festival, or watched a magic show, or something like that, Literally all the hand motions were all the same thing you've seen before. And it was just kind of like, this isn't really a new like thing. It's just kind of a, eh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't any like choreographed. Well, for all of you who go to Renaissance festivals, you'll think it's old hat. But for the rest of us, <laughs> we'll, we'll be excited by it. So, all right. Well, I, th I think, you know, I, I don't see anybody at this table that was terribly disappointed in this no, film. So great, I think it's a great movie. Yeah, so I think it's it's the place to be in the next week. Make sure you catch a show if you can in IMAX because it, it was definitely impressive that way. Yeah, um, and uh, go through. Now, the only the only thing that I've... You said there was a lot of Easter eggs, Jeremy. Oh, and, and yeah. I, I was watching. I was trying to find something. The only thing I knew is that in Ant-Man, I remember there was a comment by the, the director and producers that when, when he goes to the subatomic level, the quantum, the, the quantum realm, that that was supposed to be like a lead-in to the mystic realms that Doctor Strange, but I, did, I didn't see anything that was similar to it. it I only saw it one... It exact, yeah. but yeah. I mean, it, 
it led into that there are multiple dimensions. Yeah, and I, and I guess there was a little bit of an Ant-Man, like, kind of him, like, jumping around and being in that dimension in weird, yeah, like... So I guess there was that, but, but I thought there was going to be more to it, you know? Um, or maybe, like, he would pass by and Ant-Man would be in the background, like, because it was a time thing, you know? Um, so, I don't know. You know, Easter eggs, I guess that that's something you wait for the Blu-ray for, and you could really yeah. catch all of them. More. I was trying to look at all... They had all these relics and all these yeah. different displays, and I was trying my hardest to look at the relics and see which one... Because they're 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 special items from over the eons of time. Yeah. There's got to be something in there with the references to whether it be Thor, being you know. Uh, no, Howard the Duck or, skeleton in the case. Yeah. Very disappointing. <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, there's got to be some random thing in there of you know earlier day yeah, characters. Something. You know, from I mean anything yeah anything but i yeah i i didn't i didn't I really didn't catch it yeah so we'll we'll, we'll have to wait and see yeah. we were we, there's going to be a lot you have to admit we were only four rows back from the screen it was kind of <laughs> hard to look at the whole screen at the same time while we were watching this movie i caught myself a couple times watching from one side of the screen and actually realizing there was more screen so i had to turn my head and see the rest <laughs> of it you know so anyways it was good it was yep good. all right so check it out and uh, be sure to go over to sequelquestpod.com we have lots of new episodes of our regular sequel quest uh, series episodes coming out uh, so be be some exciting uh, episodes definitely we got a little bit of sci-fi got a little bit of comedy got a little bit of uh, political I don't know it's not really political but but you know I guess you could look at it that way if you want to talk about uh, an alternate reality future for the United States all these things and more um, and uh, you know follow us on Twitter we'll give you the updates let you know what's coming soon with that we bid you a, a strange movie going experience this month and farewell Hey, it's Colton here, uh, here to talk about my experience seeing Doctor Strange. I've been looking forward to this movie for a long time. Uh, I first learned about him from a goofy Spider-Man tie I used to wear back in the day. Uh, It was uh, printed from a comic book cover, and I got in trouble for wearing it to church, and in the corner was a big explosion that said, Special Bonus, The Origin of Doctor Strange, and I wondered who he was. And I had a chance to find out who he was on an episode of the Spider-Man TV show where Mary Jane gets kidnapped by a cult and Spidey asks Doctor Strange for help and they team up and it was cool and it was fun. and It gave a really good crash course insight to his origin story. Uh, when I first heard they were going to be working on this movie, I found out about it from uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier uh, when they briefly name-dropped Stephen Strange. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're actually going to give him the cinematic treatment. This will be like the biggest risk they've taken since Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, I think, in my opinion, uh, it, uh, it paid off. However, it is still technically typical origin story Marvel fare, but not for nothing. It, it, I, I found it very amusing and very entertaining. Uh, I was a little worried when uh, the negotiations with Joaquin Phoenix didn't work out, because I thought he would have made an amazing Doctor Strange. Um, but Benedict Cumberbatch, I haven't seen a whole lot of his work. I just simply saw him in that Star Trek movie. I, I understand he's got a body of work that impresses a lot of people, but the truth is I haven't seen it personally yet. Uh, not to knock on any of that. But he ended up uh, pulling it off really well. You know, there's. I was afraid the whole him having a big ego thing was going to turn out to be a caricature. It ended up feeling very authentic and very funny. And, you know, <laughs> I know this is going to sound silly, but I think it's a big deal. He sounded 
like he had an authentic American accent. He didn't have his usual British-sounding voice. He really pulled that off. I was impressed by that. Um, one of the things I was looking forward to from this film, hopefully so, uh, uh, I don't know if any of you out there saw Ant-Man, but when I saw Ant-Man, there were hints at quantum physics, especially when Ant-Man was shrinking down to a, an atomic size, a subatomic size. And I was like, a lot of these bong-hip graphics are very similar to what were in the old school Doctor Strange comics. Are they going to, you know, sort of connect that a little bit? Are they going to have some of that visual splendor in the Doctor Strange movie? That'd be great if they did, you know? And it would show uh, the synergy that the Marvel movies have so far. And sure enough, they had it. I mean, this was... I can't even remember the last time I've seen a film that is so visually stunning as this film. Uh... <laughs> I don't mean to give people a misleading impression, but it was like the best kind of acid trip that's still legal, you know? Uh, also, what stu stood out to me uh, exceptionally was uh, how well done the IMAX 3D was. You know, sometimes 3D can be a little bit overpriced. Uh, it's worth it for this film. It really just made all the difference in the world. Seeing it on an IMAX screen, seeing it in 3D... Really, and you, and you can tell, it wasn't just some cash grab. They very carefully did the 3D in this movie so that uh, it was an engaging, audience-centered experience. And, and I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Also, uh, part of his origin story that was really important is what was his car crash. That car crash scene, when the damage is done to him, uh, done to his hands, that uh, sets him on his path to becoming who he's supposed to be, wow. <laughs> That uh, is probably the most intense car crash sequence I've ever seen in a movie. I'm dead serious. I felt like I was in the car with him. You can't say that a lot about Hollywood films. That's, that is a triumph of direction when you can do something that's... Because how many of us have seen car crashes over the years in movies? I mean, we just, we just see them all the time, okay? I, you know, most people would agree the French Connection basically set that standard. And that was over 40 years ago. Uh, but this film, just wow, that's a, that's a triumph of direction when you can actually do something as seemingly benign as a car crash on screen and just make it so visceral. Also, what stood out to me was, and I guess this is more of a criticism, but I guess it's half an observation, uh, Rachel McAdams' character. Yes, she did have an important organic part of the story, but man, did it remind me so much of the performance that Natalie Portman gave in Thor, where, yes, she's uh, a well-trained doctor who's important to the story, and they provide an important service to the plot, but that's secondary to them being a love interest who's just kind of there on screen when needed. And, you know, that kind of bothers me. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just feel like in movies you shouldn't have a love interest just for the sake of having a love interest. You really need to have them be an integral part of the plot. And I just, I feel like I could have just used a little bit more of her in that degree. And also, a huge thing that stood out to me with this film was the finale. The finale was ridiculously creative. Yes, there's lots of action and stuff and lots of inception-y moments. And I can't even begin to describe the, uh, the visual splendor that I saw in this film. But I loved the creative way that Doctor Strange fought his final battle. And he was able to do it in a way that will not leave audiences bored. It was every bit as climactic as you'd hope it would be, but he did it without throwing a single punch. He did it basically by mind-screwing the final villain, and I just, that, that was just genius. That is an ending that is going to be talked about for many years to come, in my opinion. As for the post credit scenes, uh, they're not the greatest ever, but boy, I, I guess we're, we're free to talk about spoilers. I thought that was pretty cool that uh, 
Doctor Strange has basically taken up his mantle that he needs to defend this realm, uh, even to the point of, if necessary, expelling other people from the realm who don't belong here, even if they're not all that bad. And <laughs> having Thor show up and having Doctor Strange basically tell him, you're no exception, I need to help speed you on your way, uh, I found that mildly amusing. Um, all throughout the film, and before I even saw the movie, I kept on wondering about Baron Mordo, because, spoiler alert for anybody who's even remotely familiar, you know that Baron Mordo doesn't stay good forever. He's basically like Sinestro in Green Lantern. You, you knew, even before the end credits, that something was going to be revealed to show that he's not going to stay a good guy forever. And anybody who knows the career of the actor, Chobotel Ejiofor, knows that uh, he can play bad very, very, very well. And I kept wondering throughout the film, how are they going to have Baron Mordo turn bad? Because all throughout the film, he was a complete diametrical opposition to the dark arts. And all throughout the film, and if you read the comics, part of what makes him turn bad is that he embraces the dark, art, dark, dark arts. And so I kept wondering, how are they going to pull that off? And the logical journey and the logical steps that he goes through in order to turn bad doesn't involve him in the Marvel Universe embracing the dark arts. They've chosen a different philosophical path for him, and I found that very interesting. And I know this is very simple and very nerdy. All throughout the recent Marvel movies, I just love it after the credits when they say, so-and-so will return. I'm sorry, I just get such a thrill from that, you know? The end of Civil War, Spider-Man will return. Forgive me, I just, I'm really hyped up on that. Uh, if you were asking me to give the uh, 1 to 10 rating, I'd have to give it a 7.5, because... The visual splendor that I mentioned before is just the biggest takeaway, and that's not something I think is going to die down with the hype. I think I'm going to really be uh, loving that for a long time. But i got to be honest, the uh, narrative flow, and, I, and a lot of people at Marvel agree with this, they've admitted this, that a lot of their origin stories have a very similar arc to them. There are just so many story beats. I, I honestly can't wait for the Honest trailer for Doctor Strange. I just know they're going to satirize how similar Doctor Strange's origin story is in terms of the beats to Thor, to the original Iron Man, maybe even to a small degree the uh, original Incredible Hulk film. <laughs> the one from the MCU, not Ang Lee's version. But yeah, there is just some very familiar beats there that kind of had me know where everything was going. There was one moment in the film where I was just kind of cocking an eyebrow when they said, oh my goodness, he's destined for this. And I'm like, well, of course he is. <laughs> yeah, because... He starts off the film knowing nothing about the mystic arts, and then all of a sudden he starts eclipsing everybody in terms of his abilities. And uh, I, I know it's par for the course, but just uh, I, in terms of the narrative, I expected something that was just a little bit more uh, breaking the walls a little bit. Breaking the mold, I should say. And the finale at least delivered that. How The creative climax that I mentioned to you earlier, if the rest of the film had been as narratively creative as that, I think I'd give it a higher rating than 7.5. But uh, 7.5 it is. And uh, thank you much. Talk to you later. We hope you enjoyed all the fun of today's show and invite you to check out our regularly scheduled podcast, Sequel Quest, where we imagine the next installments of your favorite movie franchises. Find Sequel Quest on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at sequelquestpod.com now. Now.